Hello everyone, welcome to Branding Outside In, Inside Out. Today we have in episode two, Sunita Daliwal, who is the founder of T, the everyday agency. I discovered the work and mastery of Sunita in 2020 while testing the platform high right now. We had an amazing talk and I just saw in her a really amazing mentor to be. And I asked her to be a guest on the blog series and on the podcast. I wanted her to share her branding strategies, inputs, insights, her journey so far, and it was just exactly what she did. She shared with us her genuine brand understanding. She really puts people at the center, and I think that she definitely teaches branding in a way that we can have access to the ins and outs of it. It gives us confidence as well. She has been kind of pivotal in my own personal growth as a brand investigator. She's so humble, kind, and open to sharing her wisdom. I hope that she will inspire you and that you'll be able to grasp what you need in order to build your own brand, but also get in touch with what it really means. Hello. Hello. Glad to have you. <laughs> Great to see you again. Yeah. Me too. How is your day? Good so far. It's getting quite busy again this time of year with branding, actually. It's yeah. always a good time of year. Yeah. But what about you? You have a good day? Good, good. Today I'm not working, so I just can focus on my personal projects and relax a little bit more. I dived into tea. And I thought, <laughs> you know what? I'm prepared as well. <laughs> Lovely. Awesome. I love that. The first question I think is the most important one is what is your definition of branding? So for me, the definition is really what the consumer thinks about the brand. So you have all the aesthetics. So you've got all the things like the logo, the tone of voice, the brand colors, all the nice imagery that you see about a brand. But it's almost like a feeling that a person gets when they engage with it. And that's like when you've really mastered the art of creating a brand because it means something to them. And then they create their own kind of perception around it. And that's when it starts to get really exciting. And I suppose... What we find these days is a lot of brands outwardly trying to define what their brand is without really talking to the customers and the people that are engaging with it. There is like disconnect there. Now we're starting to see more brands taking that up for sure. But I think, you know, in the last 20 years, very push marketing, I'd say. That's true. I totally agree with you. The aftermath feeling like the remembering. When I was a child, I used to watch these amazing ads and it stays with you. Especially as a child, like those ads, they really do stay with you. I always like laugh about the Toys R Us one at Christmas. <laughs> it's like every kid's dream. And that like was such great branding for back then. Now there's so many ads directed at kids, more yeah. so than parents. I think. <laughs> it's kind of overcrowded. Yeah, for sure. There's so much noise going on at the moment. So you think that in order to reach the customers and really transmit that feel, marketing is like the super ingredient to do that? It's definitely a way to kind of connect with them. So you're kind of like using all the different marketing channels, whatever that might be. You're trying to find out, you know, what channels they're actually using, how they like to digest information about a brand. They're great tools. And then I suppose the brand is really the strategy and that vision and, you know, the mission and all that kind of stuff that goes with it, where someone might read that within the tone of voice and really resonate with it. So it's kind of like there's this two, there's always a little bit of a battle between branding and marketing, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> because they're not really different, but they sound like they're the same thing. And you can't even say like branding is the beginning and marketing's the end because they're continually kind of like feeding each other in this loop. And that's where we kind of got to remember that it's always like a bit of a feedback loop. Your branding shouldn't stay the same. 
so like through the marketing channels you should get some nice feedback about your brand and whether it's not resonating or if it is that should help you like edit your brand a little bit so it should always be kind of evolving in some way like you are as a person that's the best way that I describe it it's just like you are as an individual it grows it expands it changes and sometimes you'll connect with some people and sometimes you won't and that will always change I totally agree when a client comes into the agency and he comes for a branding project he's totally new and he doesn't know what to change how to change How do you wake him up into the understanding that branding is definitely more than changing the logo, changing the copywriting, how you approach a client that comes like that, totally new and fresh? We tend to ask a lot of questions. So as an agency, we're super curious, which I love that you did loads of preparation of asking loads of questions as well, because we're the same. We have like between 20 and 30 questions that we'll ask a client, because what we really want to find is the root problem. Some people might think, I need to be on social media, just help me on social media. But the problem might be a branding problem, you know, the imagery, the kind of way that they're putting themselves across and the messaging. We try to really diagnose, go through a lot of different questions. And by the end of it, that client has usually come up with the solution themselves and they get an understanding that actually it's the way I'm putting myself across. It's not that I need to just be on social media and do loads of activity. Because if you put that message out there and nobody can make sense of it it's just gonna fall on deaf ears really so that's always where we first start and then we start like encouraging them to see how you can solve that problem with branding what are your steps if you can share do you like focus on the brand image a brand voice what are the different steps to get them having a proposal for the customer that is more aligned with what they're growing to What we tend to do is we run a brand workshop so we get after we've asked our own questions We get the customer to tend to go away, have a bit mm-hmm. of a deep dive, other questions, some deeper yeah. questions about where the company's trying to go, what competitors they might have, that kind of thing. We then run a workshop where we start to really go quite deep into some of these problems and start to find out where that problem exists. So it could be, for example, it's the target audience that's not, not quite right or they haven't quite understood who they are that can be quite a fundamental problem you're creating marketing messages for a certain audience that you think would resonate with your brand but actually it should be for a whole different type of demographic and audience so we go through all these kind of steps we're always looking at you know tone of voice customers are a real big part of that the messaging and the overall brand look and feel as well and just always make checking in the vision is there so why that company even began are they still on track with that because sometimes they can lose sight as soon as they kind of get out that startup phase or even in the startup phase it can be a quite a chaotic time for a business because they're growing and changing so much and they kind of lose sight of why they started out in the first place as well it is a very difficult time in the startup phase it's a super exciting one but in terms of branding you can sometimes go off off center a bit and get excited by lots of ideas and forget why you started out in the first place. I witness it with startups I've worked with and it's so easy to dilute the message because there's so many people. I'd like to ask you, in order to keep the feel alive after the branding or the rebranding is done, what are the tips that you can share for founders? How do you keep it alive? How do you check that you're creating what really matters? Yeah, so it's all about that kind of company culture, really. Internal marketing is absolutely key. You know, your HR managers, if the team's like big enough, if it's a small business, 
I would say what the agency should help you with is creating a really strong set of brand guidelines. This will have things like your values in, and you really want to kind of instill that. And the way to kind of instill it in a brand is I always kind of compare it to a family, you know, what your brand values and what your ethos is are. You're kind of always coming back to them and you're trying to implement them all the time in every single thing that you do. So it's exactly the same thing with a business. You've got to keep instilling it. If you have a brand value that's fun, for example, let's say that's one of your brand values. Make sure that you're doing things regularly that are fun and people can express themselves in that kind of way. So you've always kind of got to come back to it and make sure that you're doing the right things. And obviously anybody who kind of comes in contact with the business, so an external stakeholder as well, you want to bring them along with that journey for sure. I was on your website and I saw that you also kind of nourish and pour water on that company culture. Can you tell me more about your six brand values? Because you break them down. I thought it was really interesting for everyone, for clients, for employees, for yourself. It's really like a manifesto and it's really playful and straight to the point. How did you get to it and how do you share it with your collaborators? Yeah, so our brand values, actually we did our rebranding ourselves, which some agencies do decide to outsource it because it's a really difficult task to do when you're looking at yourself. It's the same reason that, you know, coaches or doctors will go to other people because putting the microscope on yourself is very (laughs) difficult. So it actually took us about two years when we decided to do the rebrand. Well, we got the values quite quickly because it's been like a, what we've always kind of had cemented. But to, when we did do the rebrand, probably about two years ago as well, it took a little time because we were looking at ourselves so closely. So we really got to them. We had all our stakeholders together and we were really looking at each individual that's part of the business and what they really felt was important to them. So things like being balanced. Balance was a real key thing for us because we have been at the remit of burning ourselves out So as managers. So we really wanted to instill to the rest of the team, look, we're not going to have that reality where our team and, and our managers are getting burnt out. So we had balanced as one of our values, for example. Curious, as I kind of mentioned to you, we are very curious as creatives. So we're always asking questions. We're always trying to get to the bottom of problems and problem solve as much as we can. So that was a really big, important one for us as well. And our craft, we've had so many years experience training up and, and, you know, getting really fine tuned in our craft. Yeah, you have a nice for detail. An eye for detail. Yes, for sure. Which actually is not always coming from me. It's coming from our creative director. Yeah, that runs very deep in our, our team, but that's where we kind of like help each other out a little bit. That's how it kind of came about. And I think I would encourage everybody who's got their own brand, if you've got a few key stakeholders at the top, to really start to ask them and also ask the team. So we asked our team as well, what do you think we stand for? You know, they were kind of like our external kind of eye opener there. What do they think we stand for? And then that's how we came up with the big six, really. Amazing. In the perspective view, when we think about branding in the next like five to 10 years, things are shifting so Quickly, we see that, for example, Facebook is rebranding and all of a sudden we have this not that new kind of sense of branding, but it shakes a little bit the sphere. With the accumulation and saturation of content, everyone being a designer, do you see branding evolving, knowing that everyone would have that knowledge and access to it beyond compare? I think the main basis of branding won't change, but the channels that it's going to be present on will change dramatically. So obviously with the Facebook announcement, the meta 
And there's lots of talk going on at the moment with like metaverses and, and things like that. I think that's the main change that's going to happen. We're going to start seeing brand positioning in like different realities, different worlds. We're already kind of seeing it in gaming quite a lot. That was kind of like the first little test where people are having, you know, whatever game it might be, Grand Theft Auto. They've got different brand placement, DJs even, which is really interesting for us, obviously, cool. working within the music industry. So there are like subtle little placements of branding. I think that's going to be the main thing. What might be different? Obviously, let's see how things change after the pandemic. In terms of placements, things like outdoor marketing hasn't been so successful because people are generally at home. It would definitely be bringing branding into the household. So I think that's where, you know, these kind of realities, whatever kind of platforms, gaming is going to be a big one for sure. But the whole aesthetics thing, I think it's interesting you said that there's a lot of people learning design 100%. But I think in terms of the aesthetics of a brand, they will always be down to the graphic designer, I believe you know, to really bring that to life. You can really tell when there's been a brand that's been made super quick on, I don't want to say Canva, but you know, you know, like where they've used like templates and things like that compared to, you know, a really established designer where they've created something super unique. And I think that's really important. I agree. The uniqueness, you were talking about uniqueness and branding. We are also seeing that a lot of brands are following trends and a lot of agencies and design studios follow trends that will match how a brand will be perceived. What do you think about the strategy of being only focused on uniqueness? Is this something that you think is relevant enough? I think it has to be authentic. So I wouldn't say unique. It has to be fully authentic. And if that means that you are unique, you know, as a consequence, then definitely go for it. Brands that work the best are the ones that are really, you know, they say, they do, they act in exactly the way that's so authentic. It's really easy for people to create relationships with them. That makes a difference between like a good brand and a, I don't want to say bad brand. There's no like bad yeah. brand. <laughs> Let's <laughs> not make an hierarchy. Yeah, I would say that's the main difference. So if your core team are quite unique and they stand out and they're very different, then definitely try be bold, be different. And I think that's where we can kind of see, it's interesting to see trends within industries. For example, high-end luxury beauty is very stripped back, very deep colors, that kind of thing. And whereas corporate, you know, you know, it's, it's a little bit more reserved, you know, always looking at those kind of blue kind of tones, not always, but you know, there are certain brand colors as well that kind of go with different industries. But I definitely say it doesn't matter if you go against the curve or go against trends as well. I think it's good to be bold and stand out. Definitely. It's funny to see the diversity of brands and industry, but the same thing and the same challenges. So you work a lot with the cultural sector in a way, art, music, cinema, yeah. dance. Why did you decide to focus only on those sectors? Is this something that you thought of or is something that you said after several career plans saying, I don't want to work anymore for this sector, I'm switching? Yeah, so actually when I first set up the agency, my other partner, Matt, I'd actually have been working in financial services. So it was very rigid and wasn't really very soul nourishing, I would say, <laughs> financial services. You'd always both had a passion for the creative arts. So whether it's art, dance, music, in particular music. So it was really, that's why we decided to go into it. It was a pure passion. And Matt, the other partner in the agency, he's got a lot of wealth of experience within the music industry from like setting up labels and things like that. 
to actually being an artist. So we had that kind of insider knowledge as well. So that was the kind of pure passion and knowledge that kind of set us up to begin with, I would say. Cool. And music is so inspiring. No project is the same. Exactly. And that's what we love about it. And the ability through musical art or dance is being able to bring people together with events. You know, that's such a powerful thing. I know we've like missed quite a lot of that in the last two years with the pandemic. I think, you know, things are starting to get back to, I don't want to say normal, that word, but coming back to having events again, which is brilliant. Yeah, that's true. We still have to be a little bit patient. But eventually things will come back to normal. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) You were talking about artists. Well, not every artist has the luxury to be able to hire an agency Mm -hmm. or be under a label. What advice would you give to artists who are not under labels that still have to be a brand and do branding, which is not what they initially do because they are artists and singers and musicians, and that's not part of what they love doing, but they have to stand that way. So is in an artist as in like a musician artist? Yeah. I would say to try create some consistency. So even if it's not like you can do a lot on your own, just do whatever you can, but consistently. So if it's putting a release out, make sure you're putting it out regularly, like within like, you know, once every couple of months or something like that. And if you're doing social media posts, just try to be consistent. And with all your branding, make sure that all kind of looks the same, uses the same kind of color tones. I think that would be the first really important thing. And then the second thing in terms of this is more marketing than branding, I suppose, is starting to align yourself with various partners and people who might be able to help in certain ways. So that could be other record labels, that could be events, that kind of thing that could really like help to amplify your message a little bit further than your own like organic reach. And just there, you just shed light on the difference about branding and marketing. Amplify. (laughs) Yeah. Marketing literally spreads the message. Yeah, exactly. You know, it can be really scary. The one thing that we've learned about creatives is they don't actually like pushing themselves out there. It's actually quite rare that we'd meet somebody who's really like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. They don't actually like being center of limelight because they want to really just do their art, their craft. They'd rather just make music, make pictures. They don't want to be in the face all the time and in the limelight. It's very interesting. So it does actually come quite unnatural for a lot of these people to really put themselves out there. And it is uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable. But once you get through that, it starts to get easier and easier for sure. While you were speaking, I was thinking about two things. I'll just jump on what you just said, meaning the fact that it's not like an easy place speaking, but branding is also when you start speaking and how effective you speak. The moment you start speaking and you start being the visual face of an agency, you are the one spreading even more the message. How would you quantify the effort that you had to do to start being the face of T or an ambassador? So was it something easy for you? No, I wouldn't say it was easy either. I like being in the background as much as most people, most creatives. So I think it kind of started to happen quite organically. We got asked because of all the work that we're doing and the good work. It kind of started to happen within, I'd say, year three. People started to want us to come to talks, wanted us to do Instagram lives, all these kind of things. And you just have to kind of get used to the uncomfortable, I'd say, and put yourself out there. And the thing is, Everyone's got something really unique and different to say and contribute, which is no matter what kind of industry you're in, whatever your skill set may be, there is always something. So for anyone out there, I would just recommend that just dig deep and 
and start really finding out what your passion is. What is that extra something that you can contribute as well to help share that message and educate people or inspire people as much as you can? I agree. Not an easy task, but at some point you have to do your part. Yeah, exactly. And be proud of your work as well. I think that's a lot of it. You know, it's a lot to do with standing on for your own work and and being really proud of it and allowing people to be in awe. As a creative or an artist, you know, they always deserve it because they do find it hard to put themselves out there. True. There's momentum as well. The more you do, the more it happens and there's this kind of shift. You grow enough and your work shows that. Exactly. Last question. Talk about more female founders. I'm always happy to have female founders in front of me because... More of us. Yeah. (laughs) Especially in the creative industry. A lot of decisioners are male. So I'm always happy to be able to see, witness, and shed light on people who are female founders who express their voice and show that it's possible. We should all be empowered by who we are. So as a female founder, what have you found challenging and how have you been able to overcome as far as creating your agency, as far as speaking, as far as directing strategies over a variety of clients? I mean, it's been difficult just being a female within marketing anyway. When I first started out, like, you know, nearly like 20 years ago, now it's 15 to 20 years ago, I was like one of the first managers in this business. So it's always been hard at that kind of top level. So I think that's where most of the struggle came in, actually, when I first started out. And then as we developed the agency further, it was really being like, one of the few females in sometimes industries like the music industry, which is very male orientated. I suppose it's now changing so much. But when I look back, I suppose it really comes down to being listened, to being heard, to being able to really kind of stand your authority, I think is really important. I think in the early days, I think that would be a real problem to be listened to by certain men, I suppose. But now I don't find it is a problem at all. I think the playing field is definitely leveled up. I think now there are some really great women like standing for that as well. So they're really like forging forward and leading the way and also adding a different kind of touch on things. So we've spent many years in this kind of masculine throw. And I think now we need female leaders to have like more empathy to, you know, bring in that vulnerability, like Brené Brown says, into discussion rooms. We don't need females to be like type A like being very masculine and coming into boardrooms and businesses and meetings. We need that kind of more softer nurturing approach, which has been missing for since the beginning of time and businesses have been running. So that's what I think is really refreshing now. And it definitely gives balance and trust as well. And just like bubbles up. What could be like three tips you would give to any female founder who is in branding or not? In order to build up the confidence and build up the capacity to just be there, be you and share your knowledge. Because confidence is pretty important in branding. It is. Confidence is a big thing. For female founders, I think one of the main things comes down to self-worth. So self-worth, you have to kind of dig deep on that. It's kind of looking at your limiting beliefs as an individual. So a lot of this kind of comes down to coaching. So if it is something they're interested in, I would definitely try to find a coach to kind of shed some light on these limiting beliefs. And obviously we've had generations and generations of females not being heard. So a lot of that will come up with that, like come against like some of those observations. Address your limiting beliefs would be number one on there. Number two is to really just kind of put yourself out there, like move towards what is uncomfortable and what you don't like to do almost. 
So follow your passion, but if it's like, oh, I don't like public speaking or something, or I don't like writing blogs, just do it because I think it's probably some gold there as well that you can find. And, and sometimes doing those things, it means you kind of break down those fear barriers as well. And then number three is really like celebrate your success. I think we can, you know, really create milestones that are like so far away and so hard to reach. And we kind of forget to celebrate those little wins every day. And they are really, really important. So, I mean, with me, I start my day writing down the wins. Like I wake up every morning, I think about the last 24 hours, little good things that happened all the time. And that just helps to set up your day and really think, wow, I've actually smashed it. <laughs> because you need to build that confidence and, you know, you should do it daily, not just, you know, before you're going to do something you don't like to do, for example. I totally agree. Like literally, I feel that we are so connected. I remember like two or three years ago, I started my first article on Medium showing like, this is my first article. I want to celebrate this. And a friend of mine told me, you know what? Just by saying that, you already won. I know. It makes such a big difference because you can otherwise, you put things that are so far out of reach and then obviously you're going to feel demotivated and you're going to lose confidence because running your own business and, and being a creative, especially you tend to feel worse more times than you do good, I suppose, because you remember them a little bit more. So <laughs> you definitely need to celebrate as much as you possibly can. And have a lot of things to remind yourself, vision boards if you need them, having uh, mantras. Whatever works, whatever gets you into a positive mindset, I encourage it all. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do you have one last word to say about branding that you want to share with me? Yeah, make a brand that inspires people it's our tagline, inspire brand culture, but we really want to see more of brands that are inspiring, like make people think differently, make people act in a better way that help other people, better other people's lives at the end of the day. And I think that's what branding should be all about in the future. That's probably one thing we didn't touch on. What should branding be in the future? I mean, I would just love it to be more about people and less about businesses. Yeah. Making so. people happy. Branding and happiness is something I'm really exploring. That could be something we could talk about that. That's one of my passions as well. Thank you Such so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. The definition is really what the consumer thinks about the brand. So you have all the aesthetics. You've got all the things like the logo, the tone of voice, the brand colors, all the nice imagery that you see about a brand but it's almost like a feeling that a person gets when they engage with it. And that's when you've really mastered the art of creating a brand because it means something to them. 